Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor, Anchor. We're new to podcasting here at Salty Saints, and Anchor has made it so easy for us to get started. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain a little bit about it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part about Anchor, though, is that it's absolutely free. So if you, like us, want to get your word out there, you want to try your hand at podcasting, make sure that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach, and I'm sitting here with my friend Randy Spate. What's up, Randy? I am doing great, and I am just super excited because today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about the Colts. The, the, the Colts? Like, like, Isn't that what you said? Yeah, yeah. The, the Indianapolis C-U-L-T-S. Yeah. Wait. Colts. Ah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> We'll never do that again. I'm so sorry. It was so cheesy. But I liked it. I did. I liked it. I don't I don't blame you for it. Uh yeah. Colts. Not Colts. Not Colts. Colts. Exactly. Okay. Well let's do that then. So what is a cult? Yeah. Uh great question. If you look it up in the dictionary and and you're the one that let me know about this, it, it just sort of says a set of religious beliefs with a follower, um, so, so, so that's us, <laughs> right? But we we don't. No one ever really calls themselves a cult. <laughs> no, no, they don't. In fact, everybody else to them is a cult. Exactly, but not them. Exactly. So I guess to like every other religion, Christianity is a cult. Yeah, probably is. Interesting. Never thought of it like that. In fact, I never thought of this, but uh, when I lived in Colombia. We fell under the ministry of cults. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was the church, which it was understood it was the Catholic church. Right. But because of who we were with the Protestant yeah. church, we went to the ministry of cults. Oh. So there you go. They looked at us and said, hey, you're a cult. So for the sake of what we're doing here, we're, we're going we're gonna to throw Webster or whatever dictionary you were reading that out of out the window. It's gone. Right. We we know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We know that salvation comes through belief, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is not through the actions of man. It's through God. It's through what Jesus did. Okay? With that said, where we're going to come from as far as calling something a cult is basically anything that doesn't believe that. That's the truth. Yeah, I I think there are three sort of litmus tests okay. of uh, what do they believe about these things. It, it It is an important question because cults keep pop, popping up. Uh, it's not like there's a certain finite set of them and we can identify them. 
it seems like uh, every week, every month, there is a new strange set of beliefs out there. So how do you distinguish between Christian brothers and sisters who don't necessarily believe everything that you do and somebody whose belief is, uh, for lack of a better term, heresy? Somebody who is, it's just not that they're different. They are decidedly wrong. Well, before we before we get into that too, I think it's it's important to say there are lots of religions out there that don't even slightly resemble Christianity. True. I am much less interested in those than the ones that claim to be Christianity but are not. Because they can deceive. Exactly. We're we're talking about something that is claiming to be the truth, claiming to be the, a religion of Jesus Christ, and it, and it is not. It is not a religion of Jesus Christ. So you have things like Buddhism or Hinduism, even uh, Islam. Uh, they do not claim to be Christian. Right. They identify themselves as something different from Christianity. Right. And, and so it, that, that just seems less dangerous to me uh, for a Christian. In yeah, a lot of I, ways, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Like, like there's, there's not a whole lot of, there's a whole lot less of a chance that you're going to start meshing Buddhism with Christianity or Islam with Christianity than there is some of these we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, that's true. I think we will see a little bit later on, even in this podcast, uh, how a particular cult has incorporated Buddhist elements sure. in in the guise of Christianity. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so what, what's your litmus test? Well, uh, the first is what, what do they believe about Jesus? Right. I think that is absolutely crucial. Um, sometime in the future, here's uh, that podcast I was thinking about earlier. We need to do a podcast on creedal formula in the New Testament. And that sounds strange, but uh, as the early church was forming, the way they taught theology to the new believers was they came up with two things, either hymns, they sang their theology, or short statements of belief. And those statements, many of them make it into the New Testament. And one of the primary characteristics tipping our hand to a future podcast is they're all about Jesus. They're all about what do we believe about Jesus. It was so different for the early church, the majority of whom came out of Judaism who had it pounded in their heads. There is one God, one God, one God. Every day they would get up and they would say, uh, the Lord is God, the Lord is one, one God, one God. And now all of a sudden they have Jesus. It's the Trinity. And he's God. And then the Holy Spirit pops up and he is God. So what do they believe about that? And that's where the concept of the Trinity comes from. One God, one essence in three presentations, three persons. One is a kind of completely otherworldly, uh, God the Father. One is his face when it breaks through in creation, God the Son. God in the physical. Right. And then one is the, the spirit that he puts in each 
Christ follower so that when we say yes to Jesus, God gives us actually part of himself to help us live the Christian life that we'd never be able to live otherwise. Right. So so essentially it's um, a God who is far away, the God who is near living in creation, and then God in you. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to look at it. So I think a lot of cults, well, I, I, I think most cults have a twisted view of Jesus. Uh, they believe that uh, in some cases he was just a man and God's power rested on him. And they separate the Jesus who was just a man from the Christ that was God's power resting on him. Mm. Okay. So that's one litmus test. Second litmus test is what do they say about Scripture? Do they accept the books that first Judaism in the Old Testament and then the early church by the year 365 accepted as New Testament? Do they believe that those books are God speaking to us? And is that all there is? Or do they have another set of writings that now form a new revelation from God to them. Okay. Okay. So we have some cults. Um, Mormonism comes to mind, where Joseph Smith received a revelation from an angel named Moroni. Uh, and uh, the Book of Mormon, now uh, that's also God's word for them, uh, I believe that identifies them as a cult. Sure. Did you have a third litmus? I did. Okay. Cool. And that would be what do they believe about salvation? Now, I think most cults don't even talk about salvation because very few cults have a sense of sin. Most cults, it's about self-actualization, about uh, do this and get in. It's It's not about... Uh, you have failed and God wants to help you. So what do they believe about Jesus? What do they believe about Scripture? What do they believe about salvation? Um, Many cults, salvation is works-based. It's all about what I have to do, uh, whether it's the 144,000 of the Jehovah's Witnesses or other cults that just believe that uh, we do certain things, and that's it. I'm in. Right, right. Now, I, do you? Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets a little, little bit hairy. Um, if they were to fail any of these litmuses, are we saying that that means that person is not saved? Because I feel like there are outliers within here where they've got certain aspects of these things wrong, but the heart of it is still Christianity. And and I think that's, yeah. For example, and uh, yeah, this does get a little bit hairy. There are people that believe that Scripture contains error. Yeah. And yet they love Jesus. Right. 
I'm glad that I don't have to make the call on their salvation on that one because I could see, okay, if you really believe in Jesus, but you think that maybe this historical fact is just a little bit off, okay, I can live with that. I can I can sit down, eat with you, call you brother. But if you're going to tell me that Scripture is now replaced by this other set of revelations that were that was given to an individual in the 1800s, right. no, right. no, 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 you're you're not my brother. Right. Uh, it, that is a cultish belief. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so now that we've kind of laid a foundation on that, we kind of picked one just to kind of one cult to sort of start this whole shebang off with sort of talking through these points that we've just previously made. And it's a good one because it's kind of an umbrella term. It's not really a specific religion. It's more of a, an amalgamation of religious beliefs. Is that fair to say? I, yes, I, I believe it is. And so this is the new age. We're talking about the new age and I know for some of you listening to this right now, if you grew up in the 70s or, you know, the 60s, you're probably thinking like, oh, that was just a stupid, like, hippie movement. There's no way that's still around. But the problem is it's gotten a lot harder to see. It's gotten a lot more – what's the word? Kind of ingrained into our culture. And so into, they might not use the term new age, no. but the concepts are there. It's the same. Yeah, it's like the beliefs have stayed the same, but it's like it's been rebranded into it almost just feels like everyday life now. Um, and so we, we, we're just going to kind of talk through. Uh, we've got it's actually a cool little book. It's by Ron Carlson and Ed Decker, and it looks like it's from forever ago. I have no idea when this. Ninety four. Ninety four. There you so go. About twenty five years ago. Yeah. There you so go. So it's not it's almost as old as me. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but it's uh, just fast facts on false teachings. This is what the book was. And I just thought it looked interesting, so I started. That's a great title. It. Yeah, it's great. It's just these quick little kind of. Uh, tidbits of information to help you understand different kind of cult or fringe movements. And uh, here they had sort of laid out the definition of what the New Age movement is based on their beliefs on God, Jesus, Christ, the Bible, salvation. And so I wanted to walk through those and just kind of commentate on what we've got here. Uh, But it says the New Age has its own definition of spiritual issues. And the first point is God. And so God in the New Age is that there is no personal God at all, just a cosmic force, a fragment of which is in us. Therefore, we are gods. There is often a male-female polarity in this force or a yin-yang. And so, yeah, I mean, I grew up with yin-yangs all over my T-shirts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very popular. (laughs) First of all, it's cute. I mean, it's a geometric design and... And very nice, very attractive, but boy, what it what it uh, what it represents. Did a devotional on that a while back. Uh, part of the yin yang is that in the white portion there's this little black dot, mm-hmm. and in the black portion there's this little white dot, and that is part of the Buddhist belief that there's a little bit of evil in everything that's good, and a little bit of good in everything that's evil, and of course Scripture is antithetically opposed to that. Right. 
God is love. So, so technically, if if you were to take that little dot out of each of those, the yin yang would be correct. <laughs> in, in in at least that portion of sure, it would be correct. Sure, 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 sure. Because I mean, it also represents that there has to be a balance of those two things. And I, so. The, the basic belief is that there is no personal God. God is not a person. He is a force. He's, right. an, he's not an entity in that sense. And Instead, it's just a force right. that's out there. And, and if you notice the male-female good-evil um, balance there, it, it's also saying that there is a balance of those things and all, of thi- all things. And that, it, that that's kind of the way it's t- supposed to be, that there's this balance of good and bad and like – like that's that's all just supposed to be part of the the sort of cosmic oneness of things. That is really really interesting. Right. You know, scripture um when you look at scripture especially in the book of Genesis, uh God starts everything with humanity. And some of the first things that he does is he begins to enter into covenants with individuals. And I don't think today that we really capture uh, just how important that is. So God enters into a covenant with Abraham, and I forget the chapter, but uh, in, in one particular place, God says to Abraham, okay, you stand over there and you take birds and cut them in half, And lay half on each side of the road. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the night, there is a lamp that begins to walk between those birds. What, a smoking kettle? A smoking fire pot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's it's the pillar of fire. Right. It's God's presence. So what in the world is that? This is the way people entered into business decisions, covenants, pacts between typically somebody with authority and someone who is under his authority. They would take those animals, split them, and they would walk through. Now, outside of God, they would say, may the spirit of this animal uh, keep us from breaking the pact. Of course, that's not what God is doing. He's not talking about the spirit of the animal. But what captivates me is that God is so personal that he uses a human method to say to Abraham, I'm a person. Right. So let's sign a business deal. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I want you to do. And sort of taking that a step further, the way I've – so that's a blood covenant. That's a blood covenant, yeah. The the way I've read about the splitting of the animals is that it's to say – if either of us break this, let us be like this animal. Interesting. And so God is saying, I mean, God perfectly keeps his covenant. Absolutely. But man never can. But Man then, doesn't. And so man, even in that in that moment, Abraham's saying, if I break my half, let me die. You know, yeah. let me be like this yeah. thing. Yeah. And he breaks it, but then God's still good. But Which, of course, takes us straight to the cross. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> Jesus died for us breaking that covenant. Right. And how and how personal a thing is that? That's not just a cosmic force. Well, it's it's not only personal in the sense of the sacrifice and the cross, but it's personal in the sense that 
there came a time in history where God walked with man. Right. And the disciples knew when Jesus had garlic bread because they could smell it on his breath. They they knew what kind of jokes would make him giggle. Uh they knew everything about him because he was not a cosmic force. He was a person. He was with them. Right. Right. Exactly. So so to say that God isn't a personal being, that he is a cosmic force, is to change the character of God. Absolutely. It's to yeah. say we deny the God of Scripture. Right. And so we cannot believe that as Christians. Right, right. Um, so the next portion here is Jesus. Uh, the thing that the New Age would believe about Jesus is that Jesus is a man who evolved into an ascended master or a godlike being through occult and metaphysical disciplines. And I think that's something that you get through uh, a lot of different cults. They believe that Jesus was kind of the pinnacle of men. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's the guy who became God, and so can we. Right, exactly. It's never letting him, like, to understand who Jesus Christ really is, is to say he's the son of God, that he is God himself in physical form, right? But when you say we're all God, that God's in all of us, that, 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 that we are all equally God in this giant world where, where God's really just this impersonal thing, you're, you're, you're knocking Jesus down to your level, you know, like, oh, well, you know, he did it better than I probably have, but I can still reach that in the new age. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, you're, you're taking credit away from Christ. So uh, something happened to a friend of mine. My friend's name is Moshe. He lives in Israel. He's a missionary there. And uh, in sharing the gospel, uh, there was a young girl about the age of one of his daughters. It was one of his daughter's friends came to the Lord and wanted to be baptized. So she asked her daddy and her daddy said, well, let me talk to the guy that's going to baptize you. And it just led to all kinds of really, really interesting conversations. And everything was fine between Moshe and this girl's father up to one point. Finally, he, he just didn't want to let her get baptized. Finally, Moshe said, okay, what is it that is keeping you from letting your daughter be baptized? And he said, well, there's just one thing about what you're saying that I just can't live with, I can't agree with. Moshe said, what's that? He said, you believe that Jesus was a man and that he became God. Now Moshe said, oh, no, 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 that's not what we believe at all. Man can never become God. What we believe is that Jesus is God. And as God, he chose to become a man for a period of time. The guy thought about it and he said, oh, I get that. I understand that. In fact, I think I'm ready to believe too. And he accepted the Lord right there. So... <laughs> It's not a slight difference. It is an immense difference. Man cannot become God. No. But God chose to become a man and to walk among us so that he could take us back to him. Well, it, it, it's kind of like, I think of it like this, like 
a two D object could never comprehend a three D world. And but a three D object could absolutely comprehend a two D world. Oh, you just described uh, flat world. What's flat world? <laughs> it's a book by a mathematician back in the fifties. Okay, uh, kind of a famous book, but he he says exactly that. A two D object can understand a 1D object, which is right. a point, but it can't, it can't understand 3D. Right. And a 3D object can break into the world of a 2D object right. and understand it. Well, there, there's something very Christian about that. I mean, like, we can never fully comprehend God, but God, like, we are so simple to God. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, becoming a human, I mean, that, that's no great step for God to do. I mean, it, it is incredible and it's it's great that he did it, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for him. Right. But to ascend to godhood for a man, that's laughable. Like, that's oh, yeah. Not, that's not a yeah. concept. That's self-deception. Right. That's man thinking that he's attained something that he can never attain. And to think that man could ascend to godhood is really just the original sin. It's really just what, what Satan teased Adam and Eve with in the garden. The ultimate deception. Right. Oh, you want to be like them? I mean, and, and that's what I've often heard. Uh, there, there's a show, Cultish. There, uh, there, what did Apologia Radio talk about this? I've listened to a lot of, of cult talk on podcasts about cults that claim to be Christian. And, and I've, I've often heard them say that. This is, it's just the original deception. It's that you can be gods. And that that's wow. what the New Age movement really is. It's you're a god. You can be a god. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, and so the third part is Christ. Christ uh, in the New Age is an impersonal force which rested on the man Jesus and made him special, but which has also rested on others and can even rest on us. And so that's sort of sort of what we were just talking about. It's honestly like Star Wars. Is what it sounds like to me. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so moving on, uh, the Bible. At best, a work of Kabbalistic secrets, which can only be understood by masters. At worst, a stupid book of Jewish legends. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, a lot of this, um, uh, this is not the first time around for a lot of these beliefs. That goes all the way back to the Gnosticism of the second and third centuries. Uh, if I know the right mantra, if I know the right words, if I have the right knowledge, that is salvation for me. Well, it's all about hidden knowledge. Yeah. It's all about yeah. there's always some – and I've there's struggled mystery. with that. I have struggled with that in my life. I mean, I, I like as a kid, I got really into like – I thought that there was like if I could know more than other people, then I'd be – I'd have some greater understanding of things. It's it, it reduces salvation it does. to salvation by works. Right. Now the work is study. Right. And, and so I will say this today. Even, even today, I, I believe Christ is the only way to salvation. But if I'm not careful, I can have myself pursuing knowledge, thinking there's just one more thing I need to learn out there. And, it, and that's not really how it works. You got, you've got to be careful. You've got to keep a rein on yourself to say, you know, learning is great, but Jesus at the end of the day, it's still Jesus. It's <laughs> always right. just Jesus. Right. Um, and so 
I like how they say uh, Kabbalistic. Like, yeah, Kabbal is uh, what Egyptian black magic, or uh, oh, it's it's kind of a mixture of a lot of different things. So, sort it's of another uh, new Jewish, sort of new. Uh, Egyptian, yeah. But it's it's the magic. It's the idea that we can influence um, the world around us by certain incantations or certain kind of spells that mm. we can cast. Uh, one, one more little uh, reference here, but it, it kind of got a Doctor Strange sort of vibe to it. Like, <laughs> have you seen Doctor yeah. Strange? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Which is a great movie, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So the next one it was talking about is uh, salvation. Uh, salvation in the New Age is by works of occult discipline. The law of karma is irresistible and is what judges us. And so there's a karmic view as well. Karma. Yeah. Do good things and good things will happen. Do bad things, bad things will happen. This one's tough because biblically there is a general sense. Uh, uh, don't, don't, like, don't shoot me down just Keep yet. Keep going. Keep going. Proverbs. Proverbs yeah. is sort of about the concept that when God created everything – he wove justice into things. That there is it, generally, if you do good, good will happen. Generally, if you do bad, bad will happen. Right. But it's not. A, it's not set in stone. It's no. not fixed. In fact, all through Scripture, you get prophets, you get poets, you get David saying, you get Paul saying in the New Testament that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, good and bad uh, receive God's blessing. And there are times when bad things happen to good people. Sure. Like Job. Sure. And there are times when good things happen to bad people, like the enemies of Israel that attacked Israel, conquered them, and took all their gold, took, plundered the, the city. Well, and, and thinking back to we were talking uh, not too long ago, about the concept of God standing in judgment of the other gods, like yeah, stand, yeah. and what right. did he get mad at them for? He said, "Why do you uphold the wicked? Why do you let the wicked prosper? Why do you not punish them? Why do you let evil happen to the righteous and the just?" And so there is a level of where God had given authority to these other spirits to kind of govern in a way, and they didn't do it well, right. and God doesn't like that. Right. So it's not God that wants these things to happen. It's just part of the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's part of the law that he has put in place. Right. And so uh, – now, I haven't read ahead, so I don't know if we're going to touch on this, but sort of a, a manifestation. Um, Tell karma, me about that. Karma is sort of tied to it. To, to say what manifestation – uh, it's kind of the idea that if you wake up in the morning and say, this is going to be a good day. Today's a good day. Everything's good. My life is great. I'm happy. Then all of those things will be true. Like the things you speak, the thoughts that you cr put into existence affect your reality. Kind of the power of positive thinking. Right. That's dangerous. Because if you twist scripture enough, you can get that out of it. And sometimes I think it's accurate. It, yes, but it all has to be the will of God. 
that's that's the thing. Uh, it, it's it may work sometimes. It doesn't work all the time. And when it doesn't work, what do you do? That's kind of the message of Job. You know, normally a man who prays and and uh, he treats people well and and he's honest in his dealings, he's going to prosper in business. But from time to time, it, tornadoes come and blow down his houses and kill his children and and uh, thieves come and they they steal his livestock and so what do you do? What do you believe when that happens? Uh, Job's friends believed that Job was evil, and he just hid it really well. Right. And Job was saying, no, there's something else at play here. There's something else going on here. Which is really interesting as far as, like, talking about uh, the word of faith movement or the prosperity gospel, which I believe kind of rest on that concept of manifestation. But then they turn it into your faith. How much do you have? And so when things go wrong, when things start to fall apart, even though you've been praying, you've been, well, you thought you had faith in God, when it goes bad, it turns back on you, and then you go, well, I must not have had enough faith. But I don't believe that's how faith works. No, God gives us faith. God gives, he's the one that supplies us with our faith. Also, I don't believe that ultimate good is equivalent to wealth. No. Or or even health. If it were, then Christ would have been the wealthiest of all of us. But he wasn't. He didn't have a place to lay his head. That's right. That's right. So if faith is equivalent to your prosperity, Jesus must have been really screwing up somewhere. Yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. And exactly the opposite. He was the only perfect one among us. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, so, yeah, I guess my problem with the, the, the view of karma— is it's trying to put a black and white stance on how the world works. If I do good, good things will happen to me. If I do bad, bad things will happen to me. God says, nope, that's not how this works. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's going to be bad. I mean, he he tells those who believe in him and those who follow him, pick up your cross and come die because you're – you're going to have to die to yourselves daily. You may actually lose your lives. You have to give up your life for me. I mean, that's following Christ is doing good. That's that's going after the right path in life. But it's it's riddled with sadness and hardship. And Jesus knew that and told us that. So to think, oh, if I get my life on track, everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. It's we're never promised that. Never. We're promised that we'll be okay with God, but that right. doesn't mean that we get, uh, 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 in, in, in Spanish, they would say, casa, carro, y beca, uh, a house, a car, and a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the interesting thing about that to me is that's when faith really shines through. Like, yeah. like, like to believe in karma means when things are good, good things will be happening. When bad things are, when things are bad, bad things will be happening. Faith says no matter what happens, my faith is in God because I don't understand this, but he does, and I know he's for me. I'll be honest with you, Zach. I am not as impressed by a guy who he, he, he lives in a, in, a, in a couple hundred thousand dollar home, drives the latest car, and he's, he's got everything, who has faith. I'm more impressed by the guy who's struggling. 
Right. And yet he still has faith. He still right. believes. Right. He's still following God. And he's got to work like a dog just to be able to put food on the table. But he does it, and he does it willingly, and it doesn't shake his faith. He doesn't say, why don't I get a car? Why don't I get this or that or the other? He just says, I'm happy I have Jesus. Well, well, you know someone who has always just stood out as a role model to me in the Christian walk is Francis Chan. And people can love him or hate him, but when you start to learn about that guy's life and the, the choices that he's made for Christ— He's a good man. I mean, he is genuinely trying to, like, please God. He had a church of 4,000 people, and he never raised his salary from $36,000 a year. That's all he ever allowed himself to be paid. That was it. So my point is, even when he could have been making millions, he wouldn't take it. He kept it at a modest salary, lives in a townhouse, moved his family to China. (laughs) the, The guy's just trying to do it right. And, like, that is so much more, like, I want to listen to what he has to say. Right, you know? right, right. There's another author, uh, a little bit older, Randy Alcorn. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. But early on, he uh, demonstrated against, in, in Canada, demonstrated against abortion clinics. And the abortion clinics sued him, and they won. And anything that he would ever make over minimum wage would go to the abortion clinics. So he set his salary till the day – he's not dead yet, but his entire ministry, he made $10 an hour. Wow. And that's it. That's it. Because he didn't want any money going to the abortion clinics. Wow. Wow. Well, good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, cool. I mean, and and yeah, written several books, and they're just – Really deep, Alcorn? thoughtful. What's books. the first name? Randy. Randy Alcorn. Alcorn. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. I'll check him out. Sixth point: uh, the denial of death. Uh, there's a belief in reincarnation in the New Age. Most New Agers believe that humans can evolve into gods through many lifetimes. Yeah, boy, that goes right back to Buddhism, doesn't it? Uh, Buddhism and sort of. Mormonism a little bit. Yeah, it could be, could be. Yeah. Certainly not Christianity. The 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 entire Christian gospel points forward not to a reincarnation but to a resurrection. We do come back to life. The life is eternal. It is somehow linked to the bodies that we currently have. We don't totally understand everything, but there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and in some way shape or form we live on that new earth. And I don't know if we're all farmers or what, but uh, uh, apparently uh, uh, we do come back to life, but it's not as something different from what we currently are. Real quick, you just said we will live on earth, and that may be foreign to a lot of people listening to this podcast right now who are Christians. Who think that we go to heaven. That we go to heaven. Going to heaven is something that we have created. You you struggle to find that terminology in the Bible. You do find the terminology that we come back to life. We are resurrected from the dead. Or that we will go to be with Christ. And that we will go to be with Christ. Right. But when you get to the book of Revelation, you get this new concept where there is a new earth and we live on a new earth. But the interesting thing is that heaven and earth 
overlap at that point in time. Heaven sort of comes to earth. God dwells on earth. Well, that's really the important thing to understand here. Heaven is where God is. Heaven is where God is present. We can have heaven right now. We can live in heaven right now, in the kingdom of heaven. It is a present thing. It's not some. It's not a physical place. Well, <laughs> it, or it's, it's a spiritual place. It's a spiritual yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, it's a spiritual place. And at one point, it will be also a physical place. Exactly, exactly. And it is with the believers of God where God is. Um, that may be another podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. That could, that could <laughs> run deep. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, they just talked about you know, becoming gods. Um, right. Once again, you right. don't become a god in Christianity. Um, there's a magical worldview um, in the New Age. So the view of the universe as a machine that can be manipulated through sophisticated mental and spiritual technology, there is no sovereign god. That goes right back to shamanism, uh, uh, Wiccans. Yeah. Uh, in in part, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, through incantations, through mixtures of potions, through uh, certain incenses, influence the world around them. Because ultimately, the world is influenceable. You can uh, right uh, uh, treat it like a machine. Right. 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 I do this. That happens. And. It's kind of interesting. There's there's a lot of this like uh, simulation theory going around right now. Have you heard about this? Mm. People believing we are in a simulation, that there are glitches in the simulation, like deja vu is a glitch in the system. Like the Matrix. Like the Matrix, exactly like the Matrix. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that believe that. Uh, there are actually apps out. I'm trying to think what the app's called. You can download it, and it will tell you – it will send you to a place on your map that you would not generally go to. Just a random place. Like, why would you be there at that point in time? And they send you there, and then they claim if you go there that that will trigger a glitch. A deja vu. Not a deja vu. Deja vu is just one of those instances. But that something weird will happen there to to prove to you that you're in a simulation. That's crazy to me. So (laughs) is there something wrong with me that I want that app? (laughs) I mean, no, it does sound kind of exciting. Like, there's some part of my brain going – Wait, will it really? Like, what are we? Really? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but at the same exactly. time, I don't want to like. I don't want that developer to make the money off of my advertisement. <laughs> Boy, so, that's the truth. <laughs> but now, at the same time, don't get me wrong. There are aspects of the human body that have made me wonder: Are we in some kind of like physical simulation? Like, like is Earth a physical computer program? I mean, how did God make Earth? I don't know. It's it's fun to think about, but we can't know that. We can never know that. Like if you look at human DNA, it's a system of numbers. I mean, it's very complex stuff. It's not an accident. But the problem with me uh, with with this simulation theory is that they look at it like it's something that can be manipulated. It's something oh, I can take advantage of this. But I'm sitting here thinking, well, wait, then who's the computer programmer? Oh, that's right, God. So like, <laughs> it literally changes nothing. If, yeah. if you are a physical simulation, great. That's great. Well, it nothing changes. God's still God. This is all still real. Like, who cares? I guess that's where I'm sitting on that. Like, maybe that's not the best uh, advice for that, but... <laughs> 
that's uh, my thoughts. You got anything on that one, Randy? Uh, it kind of made me think of uh, Our Town. You ever see that play? No. I forget. I was just looking up who wrote it. But uh, at one point, there's a girl, um, Thornton Wilder. Thornton Wilder was the author. There's a girl who is in her bedroom, and she talks about receiving a letter, and the letter was addressed to her at her address. Uh, but then it said, the planet Earth, God's mind, as if the letter came from someplace outside of God's mind. You know, kind of a simulation, kind mm. of uh, yeah, this is all just going on in God's mind. I don't know. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Like uh, that's that, like, that's right. That's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it's it's one of those things. Like it does not affect our reality. It like, is our reality. It is our reality. Yeah. So whatever reality is, enjoy it. Here you are. Like it, you should probably just get to know the creator that created it. That's what I'm saying. That's absolutely right. <laughs> um. The last point they make about the New Age beliefs, uh, it's intolerance of monotheism. And so Jews, Christians, and Muslims are regarded as counter-evolutionary. They must either evolve or be purified. Welcome to ca- uh, cancel culture. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing about the New Age, as we said in the beginning, it's sort of an umbrella. Um, what I forget what the the term is um, for someone who believes all views are correct, that all, all, basically all religions are right. And that is a widely held belief. Oh, absolutely. All roads lead to God. That's another way of saying it. Well, that's, a, that's a Hindu thing yeah. even. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that's very new agey to say no matter what you believe, all those roads interconnected Jesus. It's a, 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 sorry, at belief. God, not right. at Jesus. It's your belief. It's whatever you believe, it's the fact that you believe something that is salvation for you. There's a show called American Gods, and I will never recommend any of you listening to this watch it. But there was one scene that really intrigued me. And a woman, uh, she's an Egyptian lady, and she's in her like 80s. She's living in New York, and she slips and she falls off of a stool. And all of a sudden, I think it's Set. Uh, is that the god of death in Egypt? There is, yeah. Yeah, Set comes to take her away. And he takes her, and she has like three doors before her. And she says, which one should I go through? And he says, that's your choice. And and she says, well, which do you choose for me? And he picks one for her, and she goes in it. And really what you're seeing in this show is that whatever god these people, all the gods that have ever existed, all exist in this movie Ameri- or TV show American Gods. And whoever you follow... That's who that's who you go to be with. That's when you good die. for you, right? Yep. And it's like I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm like, this is so twisted. Like, yep. That, yep. what a strange grip on the reality of things. Um, what what's really funny to me about that that view is most religions are contradicting to one another. Oh yeah. So how can they all be right? Right. It makes zero sense. It, it's. A nice pipe dream in which everyone just goes to their own little reality. It's a nice, tolerant viewpoint, and tolerance wins the day. It's very American of us. Yep. It's very American Absolutely. of us. Um, the truth about Christianity is Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or life, sorry. And 
No that one it's comes a, to the Father no, but by no, me. No one comes to the Father but through me, and that it's also that the road is a narrow one. The, yep. the, that <laughs> that not many people are going to do this. And the uh, path to destruction is wide. It's wide. There's a lot of people on it. Now, how wide or how narrow, we aren't God. We can't make that call. Thank but goodness. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad I, that's not on me. Um, so yeah, that's the New Age. That's that's briefly it. Some other things that are part of the New Age would be like going to psychics, tarot cards, um, praying to angels, um, trying to think of some other ones. Um, uh, uh, crystals. The use of healing crystals. Yeah, healing crystals. Power pyramids. Yes. Um, and so, so one last thing I just wanted to say before we get into this. You're probably listening to this. And some of you at this point are going, how does this apply to me? This is not something people actually believe. Um, but what I want you to know is there was a study done that said six in ten people in America believe in the New Age. Now, wow. they, only, they only tested four aspects of the New Age. The aspects tested were psychics, astrology, reincarnation – or the energy can inhabit physical things like healing crystals or pyramids like Randy was saying. Now, the thing about this is the numbers I've written down here for you are just what Christians tested. Forty percent of Christians believe that psychics are real. Twenty-five percent of Christians believe that astrology is real. Twenty-nine percent believe in reincarnation. And 37 percent of Christians believe that energy can inhabit physical things. Wow. Now, like I was saying to Randy before we get started with this, the one about psychics, I believe in psychics. I believe that something is feeding psychics a a word, a a thought. So do you think you should go to a psychic? You absolutely should not go to a psychic. That is abominable. It's, It's a damnable thing to do. You should not do it. There are evil forces at play there. Exactly. Um, the other one is energy inhabiting physical things. Same thought. I believe that that happens. I believe – or that that could happen. I don't understand what what a demon is or isn't capable of doing. So I think there are dark forces that could inhabit things. Um, once again, that does not give you the okay to go buy some healing crystals and <laughs> wave them over your body or whatever. I don't – it's not – it's not – a spiritual practice to do. As for astrology and reincarnation, there is no nope. room, no room in the Christian worldview for either of those things. You need to get rid of them. They are not part of the Christian walk, and and we're told not to do things like that. Um, so, Zach, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, here we're probably not talking because most of our listeners are going to be in the church. Uh, we're probably not talking so much about what we believe. Uh, we listen to all of this and we say, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, 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 no, that's wrong. How do we treat somebody who is in a cult? What do we do? You don't talk to them like they're crazy because they're not crazy. It's very possible that they – Some okay, something I've run into um, – with people who do believe in magic or do believe in psychics or do believe in astrology or that healing crystals really do affect them somehow. Maybe those things have really happened to them. 
I mean, I, I was just talking to someone here at the church who is a great believer in Christ and was telling me a story about when they were young uh, playing with a Ouija board and something like it, it worked. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, probably. But that doesn't mean, mean it's good. Right. And so we don't need to do the classic Christian thing and go, oh, you're crazy. That doesn't really happen. Right. You don't know that. You don't know what kind of forces are working on them. If you're a Christian, then you believe that there is a devil and that he is trying to find a foothold in somebody's life. And maybe in your life, it's not reaching you through a means of magical sp- or spiritual influence, but maybe in their life it is. And so we need to be open to the possibility of these people might have truly seen some crazy stuff or experienced some magical or seemingly magical things. But we need to point them to the truth, to Scripture, to Christ. I think that's great. We, we need apologetics, though. What's the yeah. word? Apologia. To have a reason <laughs> for your belief in Christ. Right, right. And we need to logically and biblically need, need to walk them towards the truth and point them to all the reasons why what they're doing is not correct. So the idea is not necessarily to argue with them. That nope. just drives them away. Certainly not to just avoid them and say, okay, I'm not going to talk to you again. The idea is to be hospitable, be kind, be engaging, dialogue, and be invitational. Absolutely. Hey, uh, it, it's kind of like par, Paul on Mars Hill. I see that you are very spiritual because you have a statue here to the unknown God. Right. Let me tell you about the unknown God. Exactly. I know him. <laughs> well, well, you know, the cool thing is, Talking to somebody in the New Age, generally that means that they have a belief in the supernatural in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's probably a whole lot easier to talk to that person about Jesus, about God, than it is to talk to an atheist. You're probably right. Because they have some grip. They have some – they've seen. They've seen things. They know these things exist. You're just saying, no, look, you're rooting for the wrong team. (laughs) <laughs> you're not saying That's a great you're not point. saying your team doesn't exist. You're saying you're just on the wrong side here. Right. And so that's all we're doing. Anything else, Randy? No, sir. Um, you know, I think it's a good start, but I think we've just opened a door. Oh, this that, thing goes so deep. Yeah. Yeah. And we could so come back many. and talk about a lot of different cults and come back and talk about what the Bible says about specific beliefs awesome sounds great to me well thank you guys for listening thank you uh for getting informed on uh on some culty stuff going on out there uh we just pray that that god would guide you and uh that you would walk deeper with christ uh, hopefully through listening to this podcast that influences you to do that if you want to support us you can check us out on anchor.com we are found anywhere podcasts are found And uh, you guys just stay salty. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.